The Better Together Next Gen Ministry Podcast is brought to you by the AG Next Generation Leaders Conference taking place at Faith Assembly of God in Orlando, Florida on March 14th, 15th, and 16th. Inspiring moments, meaningful connection, and practical workshops are what you can expect. Register yourself and your ministry team today by visiting our website, nextgenconference.ag.org. Welcome to the Better Together Next Gen Ministry Podcast, a podcast of the National Office of the Assemblies of God. The Better Together Next Gen Ministry Podcast is an ongoing conversation designed to be a free-flowing exploration and relational journey where we get to know leaders and influencers in the Assemblies of God from the perspective of Next Gen Ministry, ministry to youth and children. We will be getting to know national, district, network, and local influencers, hearing about their journey and how we're finding new ways to not only disciple the next gen, but how to awaken leaders to cultivate their most valuable resource, which is young leaders. Jeffrey Portman's here today. Yes, what's happening, my friend? Ah, uh, living the dream. I want to I'm just better say now this, that you're here. Out, out of the gate, you have a TV face, but a radio voice, bro. <laughs> Stop <laughs> <it>. Wow. <laughs> A TV face, huh? Well, uh, I, I, I always try and introduce our guests and like yeah. I, you and I go so far back and, and, and it, it would be easy for me to say, oh, we go so far back. And then you get this idea that these are buddies that have been together a lot. But you and I have sort of, uh, we, we sort of meet up at these different points on yeah, my journey so. and then we don't see each other for six, seven years. Yeah. But I can say this, every time I've been with you, I learned something new. And I'm thinking oh, back to when you. I was a brand new youth pastor mm-hmm in Seattle, Washington, yeah. and seeing you as the slightly seasoned youth pastor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just, older, not necessarily better. <laughs> yeah, well, no, no, you were better. You were no, just, no. You, but I, don't, I didn't want to imply that you're really old. You're just yeah. a few years ahead of where I was, right. and that's exactly what I needed as a new, as a new youth yeah. pastor. I, lo- I think, don't we all need that at each season of life? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so for me, and this is a tip for any leader listening, I was always seeking out, man, who's doing this? Mm. Like, I want to do it. So there's leaders who do things the way uh, they would reflect upon you. This is how you should do it. Right. And then occasionally you find those leaders that you go, man, can I do it like that guy? Can mm. I just, if I could just, and I remember seeing you at youth camp, and I think you remember this. I've told you this mm-hmm. half a dozen times, but for those listening, I remember just going up and being like, man, why are you so relaxed? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> leaders, <laughs> there were so many intense leaders who were like, you got to do it this way. You got to get registrations in. You got to make right, sure you know where right. all your kids are. You got to make sure you got those permission slips lined up. Hey, where's all the money, Josh? What are you going to feed them? What a time do they have to be aware? And then I see then I see now Dr. Portman, at the time just Pastor Jeffrey, he's just hanging out with his students having a good time. And I'm like, how are you able to do that? <laughs> and the short answer was you had a team. We did. And, and I, I, I would say I didn't. Uh, start with that strategy. Sure, I stumbled into it after a few events where I was getting in the the van or the bus, just going. I was like, "Why am I angry? Right. I'm supposed to like yes. be glad I'm here. We've been yes. praying for this. We've been preparing for it. So yeah." And the other thing is, I, I think, thank you for that encouragement, but also just like leaning into our natural gifts. Now we have to grow in other areas of weakness, but man, I, I don't have. I don't have administrative as my primary gift mix. So right. should probably have someone that they get up thinking that and that's part of their divine design. So anyways. And some people hear that and they think, well, I don't have to do administration. No, no it's a, it's a skill that you have to figure out and sort yeah. through. But it doesn't mean that that has to be your primary pillar yeah, that holds exactly. up the way you get things done. In fact, done. if you don't have any, so let's say that you're uh, more of a, a verbal or you'd say I'm, I'm the lead or the vision. Mm-hmm. If you're not aware of some of the admin elements, it's going to be tough for you to lead well, but you don't have to do everything. Just because you can doesn't mean you should necessarily, right? Absolutely. Not new to us, but I think 
that's man, that's a challenge for each season of ministry. Of Lord, Lord, how do I? What do? What does it look like for us to operate in our our strengths, and then create pathways for other people to do that in their own strengths? And we're on a topic now that I'm yeah. so passionate about. We could talk about all afternoon. Yeah. But the topic for today has more to do with the role that you're in now, mm-hmm. and so. People have already picked up on this, but Jeffrey was a youth pastor. Right. Then you were district youth director for the Northwest Ministry Network. Right. Then you planted uh, New Hope Church. Or right. Am I saying it correctly? Yeah, yeah okay. that's correct. You planted New Hope Church in Puyallup, which yeah. became a multi-site church mm-hmm. situation, right. overseeing multiple campuses. Mm-hmm. And then recently you took over Church Multiplication Network yeah, for we, the Assemblies of God. We just crossed the one-year mark a couple, couple weeks ago. Wow, I can't. It's gone by so fast. Yeah, some some days it feels like it's been ten years, and other days I'm like, hold on, we're at a year already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you came in after COVID had already. Yeah, it was actually wreaked its havoc. It's still. It was. I think. It, yeah, in most regards, it was some after for a lot of places, but for some, it was in the midst. And um, you know, I have such uh, love and uh, admiration for our pastors leading and serving in the midst of. Of this and, and every season of ministry has things that are challenges, but this has been a particularly, um, I think, intense season for a lot of our pastors, that, whether they're kids, youth, um, yeah. young adults, or whatever. Um, so I love the opportunity for us to partner, youth department with CMN, and, and I think there's a whole bunch that we've already done, but I'm very excited about the future of, of our collaboration. Um, Me too. I, I feel like I've never stopped being a youth pastor. I love students. The best I, ones I, never do. Oh my do. goodness, I love it. <laughs> I really do. I, I, anyways, enough about that. But I just think that there's um, there's something about the synergy that we, you and I share, Pastor Josh, that I'm grateful for. Me too. And um, I know the Lord's like he 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 builds his team. Even though neither of us ever thought, hey, we're going to be in the roles we're in. Slash never aspired to. We're just trying to be Absolutely. faithful with what we were already doing. It's cool that God connects. Uh, and allows us to partner together again. So it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. and and I, I hope people heard what you just said. We didn't aspire to this. Oh, I would, no. I would, I would still be the most beloved youth pastor in Fenton, Michigan. Yeah. had the Lord not kicked yeah, me yeah, out yeah. to each new level. That's right. And it's not that I've gone kicking and screaming. I've always wanted to be sensitive to what the Lord yeah. was saying. But if it wasn't His plan, I'd, I'd still be that local youth pastor. And I'm still very passionate yeah. about local youth ministry. And so the next gen podcast, it's it's for youth and children's workers. Mm-hmm. And so some might be thinking, well, man, he's the he's the church multiplication guy. What, what why do I need to listen to this? Today? today. Mm-hmm. And I'll just throw this out. I've heard from our general superintendent. I'm always, man, and, and this is a little tidbit for people, always be listening to your, for your leader's heart, always yes. be listening for your leader's yes. why. Well, he said a few things recently. He said, guys, I want us to be known as a place for coordinating missions. Mm-hmm. Okay. We know that AGWM, sure. one of the biggest organized missions programs in human history right. and reaching the whole planet with the gospel is their, their vision and mission. I want to be known for that. I want to be known for leadership development. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of us have grown. You know, we don't, we can't accomplish the goals that God has put on our heart without a team and well you said. can't build a team without leadership. Right. And then the third thing that I heard him say recently is I want us to be known for church planting. Mm. Now we use the phrase church multiplication network. It's our little niche in the church planting community. Right, right. And, and I say little lightly because there's nothing sure. little about it. Um, but we're going to talk from a high level conceptual perspective mm-hmm. on next gen leadership as it relates to the church plant uh, dynamic. Mm-hmm. But in addition, I would just add this to the language as it exists in any culture or setting that wants a fresh 
burst, a mm. fresh yeah. vision, a fresh uh, launch, if you will, uh, which I think every ministry should do seasonally at least. For sure. And so let's talk, let's talk about church planting, though. Okay. Um, so, so why is having a next-gen strategy uh, important for most church plants? Well, I think unless there is a very unique demographic that you're targeting, for example, maybe you're launching a church at a, through a Chi Alpha ministry, and that's primarily going to be university age, we get that. But other than some very specific, maybe there's a senior ministry that, that God is asking someone to start. When I say seniors, I don't mean high school. I mean like you know, uh, our, our older demographic, can right? Can we say 50 plusers or is that too uh, close no, to home that, for us? I would, can you, let's say like <laughs> 70, yeah. bro, I turned 50 in February. So like, yeah, I, I know yeah. I'm, old, I'm but, right behind you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. But I think here's why this is so critical because when, um, you minister to a community, you're almost always ministering to families in some capacity and that's, that's children and youth and young adults. And so for a church to launch with the understanding that we want to serve our community with the gospel, it means that you're serving uh, multiple generations. Yeah, I would love to hear an example of, of that. And I love the conceptual yeah. idea that, that churches have to be multi-generational. Yeah. I mean, we, we know that, we say it, but let's talk practical. Well, I mean, I'll just give you like a personal example where we have someone back when we were leading um, New Hope Church where a family would show up and um, they have a fourth grader and they have an eighth grader. And the question they ask is, what does this church have that relates to the the um, age specific, right? right? We would say um, discipleship happens age specific, right? So uh, if a church is uh, a church plants uh, a year old, they may not have a full time or even a part time youth pastor. But what you're saying to the family, if you say, "Oh, we have kids, but we don't have youth," is we don't really have a capacity to walk with you as you're discipling your kid, okay, your children. So what we would say and encourage every church plan to say is, yeah, we have ministry for the, for the entire family. Now, that might not be someone who's full-time. There might not be gatherings, but you can have groups. So a, a family came to us and said, hey, tell us about your youth ministry. I said, well, we're actually just in the stages of, of building that. And what that means is we have groups that meet that – our Sunday gatherings feel like a youth could sit in there and feel like, man, this has, it's dynamic, right? It's not so, um, it's not age specific, um, but there's also the value of a student coming together with their peers, right? right? So we haven't launched a youth ministry as it relates to a midweek or a weekend type thing, but we do have is opportunities for them to connect. So our answer is yes, we have, we have a youth ministry happening and we're just continuing to assess at each stage what is the next iteration for us to serve families and help disciple their kids. But again, real specific, we have uh, gathering leaders, experience for kids, it's difficult for a church. Now, there are some ethnic um, churches that the whole family attends the gathering. Great. Right, right. But if that's not the case, uh, you know, a four-year-old in the in the worship um, setting or worship experience could could uh, be a distraction. And we love kids, yeah. right? We would say we win with kids. Um, but there's a maturity level of a, a, a student or young adult that allows you to do something on a Sunday or whenever your church gathers but then says we want to serve them specifically. So we start with yes is a really simple way of saying yeah, it. Yeah, we good. care about your kids. Um, otherwise, parents say, listen, you, you're doing a great job here, but uh, we need help in, in um, exposing our children to the good news of the gospel and discipleship. 
And I think that's a great thought, not, not, not just for your church plant setting, who maybe doesn't have a paid staff for mm-hmm. each age group yet, but that's a lot of churches in general that have been around True. for a while. And that's one of the things that I'm always cautious when we have this next-gen conversation mm-hmm. with a church who sees a next-gen model as a financial solution. It's right. not that it's not, mm-hmm. it's just that it's so much bigger than that. It's exactly well what you're said. describing. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, always, I always caution those who see the low-hanging fruit of, well, we won't hire a youth pastor and a children's pastor. We'll have a next-gen pastor to do both. You know what? If that leader has that capacity, that can be a great, right. can be a great model to move forward from. But what you're describing, um, if I can, if fix me if I say this wrong. Okay. We're talking about community groups yeah. where I want my fourth grader to have other elementary school students. Like you said, discipleship takes place in, did you say in groups or at well, stages? Well, it's both. It's stages, but... Most growth happens in groups. Yeah. Right? And that's Acts 2, right? It's, we would say it's gatherings and groups. So the gatherings could be at the temple courts, thousands of people, but right. then they met house to house. So that's going to be a smaller group setting. So I think with, with um, teenagers specifically, we have the ability to create some wins for them relationally that tether them to a church. You know, the, when we moved to plant New Hope, our boys only knew one church before that. Right. And that's, you know, New Life Renton, super great church, strong youth ministry, strong kids ministry. Well, we move and literally there's nothing because we haven't started the church yet. Right. So they drove for one year, an hour both ways to youth every Wednesday. Mm. So they'd get out of practice and drive down there, right? So we were, we were understanding we were the demographic that these parents who were joining our church later were, would become. There's, there was nothing for our kids, so they were seeking it out. So we just, out of the gate, said we, we value every generation, and we want to create discipleship moments. And sometimes discipleship happens on the way. It's not just a Bible study, it's, but it's out of uh, relationship. So connecting and, and gathering students, I think you can do that, whether it's full-time, part-time, or you have a high-capacity volunteer. And you're, we're, we've been talking about youth because you and I have a youth background. Mm-hmm. You were talking about your teenage boys, but this applies to children's as well. Yeah, are sure there are there nuances between the two that a children's pastor would say? Okay, okay, I'm listening, and and I say children's pastor. That's I I when I say that I think of it in a very generic okay. way. And same yeah. with youth pastor because yeah. it doesn't have to be a pastor who went to Bible college of who course. has the theology training and things like that. It can be mm-hmm. a single mom with a junior high son who goes, nobody's taking care of the youth department yeah. in my church and yeah. I want to do it because right. I care about my son. Right. Uh, and every other imaginable scenario we, we can think of, right. somebody that cares about kids, somebody that cares about youth. But mm-hmm. what, what are some of the low-hanging fruit pieces uh, specific to children's ministry that would pertain not just to a church plant who's saying mm-hmm. we don't have someone on that full-time, but to the local church setting that says we may never have a salary for that person. Yeah. We may never have compensation. Yeah. Is there low-hanging fruit for them? Well, I, I think the, the first, and this is not unique to that conversation point, although it applies to it, that one of the most important things we'll do as pastors is cast a clear, compelling, and consistent vision. Mm. So if you if you say we, we care about kids, then we have to prove that with engaging people. So that doesn't have to be full-time. In many cases, it's not. But what you're doing is we are going to allocate prayer, strategy, at some point finances. And of course, you do invest where you matter what in what matters most. Yes. So I think at some point, if you're not ever investing in uh, age group um, leadership, then I think you should step back and say, are we are we stewarding the resources 
in a way. Because you know this, it's way more important to capture a generation when they're young than rescue them when they're old. Wow. Yeah. And so often it's these formative years where there's this pliability and this openness to the, the leading of the Holy Spirit where a child accepts Christ. I, I don't know the statistics. The most current sure. I knew was that like 85% of people accept Christ before the age of 12. Wow, not well, even 18 anymore. Uh, yeah, and it, you know, I think it was 15, then it was 13, and 12 was the last number that, that I, I, I heard. So that... We that, win with kids. We you win with earlier. kids. Yeah, it was, so what's funny, the second campus we launched was at a coffee shop, and we're like two months from launching this thing, and like we would say at our church, we win with kids, but in this coffee shop, we had nowhere to put them. Right. There was literally like... a. Uh, the coffee space, a hallway to the bathroom, and bathrooms. Like, how do you win with kids? Nowhere to put it. Well, so we're praying, and we met with the pastor. My wife and I were at dinner with the pastor in the city, and they asked a question at, at dinner. Hey, what do you guys need? And, of course, unlike Nehemiah, I didn't have an immediate response. But right. maybe five minutes later, I'm like, we need a bus. So what we did was we got a school bus because what do parents feel comfortable putting their kids on? The school right, bus. Right. So we got the bus, cut out the seats, put in a floor, put pads over the wheel wells, which became slides. We hung a TV. We had a partition. It became the kids' ministry, and it was scalable for that. Now, our other campuses had, you know, buildings, and it, uh, it wasn't. But it was us saying, when we win with kids, we're going to figure out how do we win with kids. Wow. And here's the thing. That's cool. For, I would say, most of the life of the church, um, there wasn't someone who was full-time who was leading that department. And man, there's just incredible men and women that um, I think going back to the clear, compelling and consistent vision, people are drawn to that. And there's gifts that I think, so low hanging fruit is if you articulate a vision of every generation and we win with kids, whether you use that language or not, what you're saying to people is there's a spot for you on the team. Right. So whether that's youth, um, kids or young adults. Okay, and I, I got I've got one more question, and and this one I, it, it's how I contextualize my own experience. Experience, but I superimpose what you're saying on my own experience. Sure. So I'm a I'm a youth pastor. I'm listening. I'm a children's pastor. I'm an associate. I'm listening. Yeah. And I'm going, man, that's awesome. I wish my pastor would do that. Uh, what do we do with that yeah. information if we're listening and we go, okay, I want to lead up. Yeah, you know, we're, that's a that's a phrase we toss around yeah. all the time. Yeah, little little easier easier said than done. <laughs> sure. What what do I do to be a blessing to my lead pastor, but also kind of help him uh, or her walk in some of this yeah. uh, next gen thinking? Yeah. Well, the first, uh, and this is true of every every step of the way, you never go wrong by honoring. Amen. So Amen. there is never a time where the church wins if you dishonor. Ever Come on. And it, Preach it. Man, it just creates. You never win so when you you're, dishonor. So you're planting something all the time, and it's either going to be health or disease, right? Mm. So you could say, man, I wish my pastor had dot, dot, dot. I wish, or you could say, how can I hear the heart of my pastor, which you shared earlier, right? To hear the heart, not just the head or the vision. But then you can say, listen, pastor, I know you care about our community. Here's So bring a proposal. Here's a way that we might be able to do that through our church. And what you're doing is you're engaging them in the conversation and in the process, but you're not expecting them to carry the heavy lifting of being an expert in an area that they're not an expert, right? That's why I think we never lose influence by sharing it with others. Mm, we actually good. gain more. But we might think, well, I got to hold on to this. because No, you never lose influence. You actually gain more when you share it, right? right. And so, but I think we can, uh, whether it's proposal, and even just invite, hey, pastor, I've been praying about 
um, what it would look like for us to to serve the kids of this community because I know that's the heart. That's why you serve here. That's why we we exist. And I don't mean that with a false sense of you're saying something that's not true. Every church was birthed to reach people that don't know Jesus, mm. right? And so I think even language of we exist for people who aren't here yet, it allows us to, the people who are here to say, what part do I get to play in this? Mm-hmm. One other thing that's uh, some low-hanging fruit, in the early days, and this doesn't have to be in early days of a church plant, but if you're saying we don't have some of the leadership um, in place, we don't have the capacity to maybe do our own camp or things like that. And I think very few churches do, right, by the way. Right, right, Okay. But I think we can lean into the incredible um, resource of our networks and districts, right. whether that's kids ministry or youth ministry. I know that um, the leadership that we so benefited from when we launched our church was we were better together than we are, were on our own. Right. And I think that there are there is a uh, opportunity for us to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And you know, there's just a sheer capacity and volume. What what 200 kids can do is different than what 12 kids can do, mm-hmm. right? Sure. And so. I'm grateful for the leadership of, uh, you know, our next gen pastors, our DUIDs, our kids, um, pastors and leaders across the nation. And I'm grateful for how God's using um, our networks and and district leaders as well. And so the other thing that's so cool about a church plant, if I can pivot back there for one second, is every church we plant creates an opportunity for a kids ministry to be launched. Yeah. For a youth ministry to be launched for people to lean into global and local missions. So Speed the Light and BGMC, you're, we're, we're uh, discipling a generation to be missional and mission giving, but their lives would be like lived on purpose. So every church we're planting through CMN, we're asking the question, how are you partnering with your network and district? How are you leaning into the incredible resource of what they have to offer? Um, because we're better together. It's so good. So good. So people want to plan a church. They want to know more about CMN. Yeah. Where do they go? Well, churchmultiplication.net uh, is basically a landing page for everything. I mean, any of our social medias, it's um, CMN is just you type that in and you're going to find Church Multiplication um, Network. And one thing that's uh, not specific to church planters, Josh, that I think would be a great tool, and this is free, is CMN Lead. So if you, if you were to just type in cmnlead.com, there are scores, there's, I mean, hundreds of resources, videos, and series, and, and best practice from practitioners. So we say it's content for us, by us. And when I say us, I mean it's us. It's yes. youth pastors and, right. and planters and, and leaders, men and women across the nation. So that's a great tool and a way to um, leverage the family of the Assemblies of God. And I know you have your national CMN conference in the spring that'll be on that website. Yeah. In fact, I'm excited for the next gen conference yeah. in, in Orlando that's happening. And just the week before we're going to be in Houston for the CMN conference. And think about the, the power of collective um, momentum between those two events for the kingdom of God. It's pretty exciting. It's very exciting. Plus you have uh, CMN has their launch events year round we where do. people can get practical training. And on uh, thanks launches. for, thanks for setting me up. I've tried to, <laughs> I to lead it. Well, it's because yeah. I follow you guys. I know. Yeah. And that's so, where I'm, like, I'm telling people you should follow these. Whether yeah. you're going to plan a church or not. That's right. You should follow these yeah, guys. So we have, doing it. we have nine launch training. Um, and really it's, it's, you start with a dream and you leave with the plan. Mm. You leave with a, a coach as well. 
Um, my friends have done it. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I they're my contemporaries. We were youth right. pastors together. Now they're lead pastoring yeah. at churches that did not exist until they went to a launch event. Right. One, yeah. one thing we're adding that I'm pretty fired up about, there's like seven, but I'll just share one of them. Please. And, and that is that um, many of our churches are launching uh, that are multi-site. And so we have a brand new track that's a multi-site track. Mm. It'll actually happen, happen simultaneous to launch. But anyone who's saying, hey, listen, I'm a part of a team, a multi-site, and could use some tools or resources. Um, we have men and women who have uh, across the nation practitioners who have not only created content, but they're on the front lines. So you leave also not just with with um, tools, but you leave with a relationship of people who are in the trenches. We 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 know this. We yeah. talk about it, you know, offline. That the local church is where it's at. Right. Like that's why we're here yes. to serve the local church. And so um, I'm pretty fired up for that. The first one will be in in um, Tampa in January, but there'll be three other locations around the nation, trying to go north, south, east, and west to 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 make it close for people. So Google so multi-site CM, track. That's yeah. right. CMN launch. Yeah. Uh, Google that and it'll yep. take you all the, the, to the landing page. And then, uh, okay. So last thing people want to follow you. They want to sure. see what you're up to. Are you on social media? Yeah. Just my name, Jeffrey, but it's J E F F E R Y uh -huh. and Portman has two N's. So I'm, I'm, uh, that's my middle name is Scott with a one T. So my first name's always misspelled. Gotta make it difficult. No one knows my middle name, but you know, <laughs> that last name. So Jeffrey with E R Y Portman with two N's and, uh, yeah, thanks for what you're doing, bro. I love what God's doing through the National Youth Department, and I'm glad we're in this together. Me too. Me too. Thanks for being here. You bet. The Better Together Next Gen Ministry Podcast comes to you from the National Office of the Assemblies of God in Springfield, Missouri. If you would like to know more about the Assemblies of God Next Gen Ministries, visit our websites, kidmin.ag.org and youth.ag.org. You'll also find links that let you get to know our national team here in Springfield. The Assemblies of God is a voluntary cooperative fellowship of over 13,000 churches in the United States. The World Assemblies of God Fellowship includes over 360,000 churches, served by over 390,000 ministers in 256 countries, territories, and provinces.